This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and today we have the Spirits of St. Petersburg back on this episode with us because we did an investigation at the Mirador Bed and Breakfast in Brooksville. And I have mentioned this in previous uh, episodes, we had another member that had her little canine companion with her, Lacey, and she'll be on the episode. And the place was supposed to be haunted by a dog spirit as well. So we thought we'd talk to you all about the investigation and give you some insight into the Mirador Bed and Breakfast right after these messages. Take a bite out of your competition. Advertise your business with an ad in Pet Life Radio podcasts and radio shows. There is no other pet-related media that is as large and reaches more pet parents and pet lovers than Pet Life Radio. With over 7 million monthly listeners, Pet Life Radio podcasts are available on all major podcast platforms. And our live radio stream goes out to over 250 million subscribers on iHeartRadio, Odyssey, TuneIn, Stitcher, and other streaming apps. For more information on how you can advertise on the number one pet podcast and radio network, visit PetLifeRadio.com slash advertise today. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. On this episode, we have JJ and Marina, who are currently with us, and Carissa, who will be joining us in a minute. The Mirador Bed and Breakfast was kind of interesting. We had one of our members, Viva, who uh, had a friend who stayed there and learned a little bit about some of the hauntings. It was a little outside of our normal purview because it was up in Brooksville. Uh, So it was a a beautiful drive, actually, more so than I remember. But what we're going to do is we're going to start off with JJ, who's going to tell you a little bit about the history of the Bed and Breakfast. So JJ, do you want to get us started? Well, the Mirador is a Queen Anne stick Victorian, originally built in 1884. The first deed on record was in 1905. In 1909, Maddie Rayford and her husband, M.W., sold the Mirador to M.A. Carpenter. It was then sold to Roland and Katie Frazee for $2,500 in 1913. Roland Frazee was the station master for the Brooksville Railroad Depot. He was the agent for the Atlantic Coast Line. Legend has it, Mr. Frazee would climb up into the Tower of the Mirador to look out for trains coming into town. There's also a, you could visit the Train Depot Museum in Brooksville. 1913, near South Brooksville Avenue, there's a photo. If you go on their page, you can see Minnie, Eric, and Roland, and Mary Frazee. There's photographs of them. One of the daughters, Mary, never married and taught school in Brooksville for 40 years. Daughter, Alice Campbell, spelled A-L-Y-S, married briefly but returned to the house to raise her daughter. She also taught school. Daughter, Jane Brown, was born in the front room of the house in 1935. Alice Campbell left shortly before her death in 1990. 
The family walked out and left everything the way it was, turning down many offers to sell it. Daughter Jane Brown said, quote, it was comforting to see it as it always had been, end quote. Unfortunately, thieves stripped the interior of light fixtures, furniture, and silverware. The house sat vacant for nearly 10 years. Mrs. Brown turned down many offers to sell the house, finally agreeing to sell to the McKenzie family because they had promised to restore it. The McKenzies purchased the home in 2000. Anne and John White bought the house July 20th, 2015. And then the current owners turned it into a bed and breakfast after much restoration. Yes. Um, well, and in fact, we talked briefly with the current owner who I believe did quite a bit of restoration on it and uh, even did a, a small and new addition. Or was it a, an addition upstairs and downstairs? Maybe it was both locations. We were really excited to be able to get down to or up to <laughs> Brooksville. And in fact, uh, the spirits did this in a couple of phases. We had two members, Marina and Carissa, and I think Carissa's on here with us, right? All right. You guys get to tell us a little bit about what happened before we got there. And Marina, you might also want to tell us a little bit about your companion, Lacey, just so we kind of get a flavor for the paranormal. So you guys got there first and what happened? Well, I'll go ahead and start because I actually got there about an hour and a half before Carissa did. And while I was talking to the owner and she was kind of showing me around and telling me a little bit about the place, the dog kept going into right at the threshold of the downstairs bedroom and looking in pretty much the whole time that the owner and I were talking. She kept going in, looking in, never crossing the threshold, just looking in. And then coming back, to, well, I'd call her back and then she'd, you know, go back and just look at never cross the threshold. That happened several times. And then that ended up becoming my bedroom. My bedroom was supposed to be upstairs, but because of the dog, the owner let me have the downstairs bedroom. And after the owner left and before Carissa got there, I was actually in the bedroom kind of unpacking my stuff. And the dog looked in one corner and started growling. So this is the same bedroom that she had just gone to the threshold. And um, so I did a quick EVP and I actually got a, a whistle and some chimes, sort of like wind chime sounds in the EVP. There were no wind chimes anywhere on the property. So not quite sure what that was about. But interestingly enough, that particular bedroom, when a past paranormal team had been there, they had captured on their thermal camera an image of a little girl at the threshold, the same threshold that the dog kept walking to and wouldn't cross. Wow, interesting. Now, tell us a little bit about Lacey for a second. I know folks have heard some of her stories before, and I think this is the first time at least I got to meet her, and I was so impressed because she was such a, she's a very dainty little lady. I mean, I, I guess I was so used to the pugs, and man, they're just everywhere. And then here's Lacey, and she's just very... Uh, sweet and reserved and just a, a delight. But uh, tell us a little bit about her. Yeah, she's uh, she's 12 years old. She's a West Highland White Terrier, the little Caesar dog. And she, yeah, she is just very gentle. She rarely ever barks at anything. When I first got her for the first, oh, I don't know, eight years or 
well now like probably first four years of her life which i think i've, I've told the story of what but we lived in the townhouse and i think i've told stories of incidences at the townhouse with her so i raised her not to not to bark and not to you know be a noisy neighbor for you know townhouse closed quarters so she rarely you know growls or barks at, at anything so that's why when she started growling at a corner in that bedroom I took notice because she just doesn't do that. She doesn't just hear sounds and just, you know, starts yapping like a lot of dogs do. <laughs> On cue. Hey, like look at that. <laughs> anyway, yeah, as a matter of fact, she's hearing other dogs barking and she's just kind of laying there chill right now. But that's her personality. She's just very, very, very chill. Yeah, and she has, you know, had past paranormal experiences, which I've talked about on here. But yeah, that's that's her in a nutshell. Which kind of leads me into the next thing that happened before you guys got there. Carissa was there with me. So Carissa can talk a little bit about this as well. But Carissa and I were in the living room. This is the front room. Well, actually the room right outside that bedroom at the base of the stairs. There's a fireplace there. She and I were sitting there, you know, talking about the house. And I think we had done a couple of EB EVP sessions. We may have been doing one at this time. I don't remember. Carissa can correct me if I'm wrong. But the dog was laying there on the floor kind of between us. And all of a sudden, she takes off running to the front door like she had just seen someone come in or out the door. And she's smelling the door and she's looking around and she's kind of going around the corner to see where that person or thing, maybe it was the ghost dog, I don't know, went. And she spent, I would say, probably the next 30 minutes hanging out right at that door laying there staring at the door waiting for whoever it was to come back in and there was no one there i got up i walked out there was nothing even on the porch you know like if she had heard because there was a feral cat living outside and i went and i looked on the porch to see well maybe the cat was on the porch and that's when she smelled it or something no there was nothing on the porch that's right but didn't they have a little black cat a little feral black cat that they feed yes yes but that cat we had seen it earlier and she did not react to it when we had seen it earlier, but it wasn't around right at that time. Okay. And then Carissa joined you. Yes. Carissa was there at that time. So Carissa, if you want to take it from there. Sure. I'm actually going to combine two nights here. The whole time I kept feeling somebody standing behind me and Lacey was just sleeping on me the floor or whatever. She was doing her own thing. But the next night she actually ended up staring at that same spot for about what was it, 10 minutes, Marina? Yeah, about 10 minutes. And this is when she's talking about the next night, she's talking about after the investigation, after you guys had already been there. So yeah, I, I jumped. I can't remember. Didn't okay. have a whole lot of pet experiences before the investigation. Not much. And I think you said, didn't you say that she was kind of like a, in a trance at that point? I actually ended up not wanting to stay in that same spot. So I got by this time, Lacey was in Marina's arms, staring at the spot behind me, very deep concentration. And I wasn't feeling like I should stay in that spot. So I got up, walked around behind Marina, and stood as close to Marina and Lacey on the other side as I could get. And Lacey didn't react at all. She didn't even know I had moved until 10 minutes later when she snapped out of the trance and was like, wait. And then she looked at me so confused, like she had no clue where I had come from. Yeah, and let, let me 
jump in and add something mm-hmm. real fast. Right before all this, when Carissa had felt someone behind her, the dog was really agitated. She kept walking around the room. She kept jumping like her front paws, like on me. She wanted in my lap desperately. She was just really agitated. And that's not like her. She's a real chill dog. And so that's why I had picked her up and put her in my arms. And at one point, you know, Carissa said that she walked behind me. Carissa had hit the chair next to me or something and it made a loud noise the dog did not even react to that loud noise i mean she was literally in a trance i had forgotten about that yeah nobody could have ignored that loud like it was a very very loud bang sound i think the only other thing that happened that night is we ended up going after she snapped after lacy snapped out of her trance we went into the kitchen and did a quick evp session in the kitchen i swear that I felt Lacey lay down by my feet. And I kept looking around because I didn't want to kick Lacey when I went to move my feet. I was going to go walk and I kept looking around, looking around. Okay, Lacey, where did you go? You had just laid right by me. Lacey was on the other side of Marina, who was a good three to four feet away from me. So maybe it was the ghost dog that had laid by me. That really could be. And what we're going to do for just a moment is uh, we're going to talk about the unusual hair find, but we'll do that right after we take a quick break. And then when we get back, we might do a couple of quick sound bites, uh, see if we can play those for the session here. But let's go ahead and take a break, give folks uh, a moment to anticipate this next story. So we'll be right there. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. How many of you have pets? My hand's raised. Now think about how lucky you are to have such a sweet little pet in your life. And that pet is lucky to have you too. But unfortunately, there are countless pets out there that don't have a home to call their own. However, Bob's from Skechers is trying to change that. So we developed Bob's for dogs and cats to help pets in need. With every purchase of adorable Bob's footwear or fun, stylish apparel, or even the cutest Bob's pet accessories, Skechers makes a donation to Petco Love to help save shelter pets. And with your help, we've already saved the lives of over 1 million pets and raised over $7 million. So while you're getting style and comfort with features like Skechers' famous memory foam cushioning, you're also helping to save an adorable pet in need and helping another lucky owner be connected with a future best friend and companion because happiness is having a loving pet by your side. Find Bob's at a Skechers store, Skechers.com, select pet co-locations, or wherever stylish footwear is sold. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. All right, so we're talking about the Mirador Bed and Breakfast and Lacey and her experiences. We've had a couple of rather interesting responses from her, but there was one more thing that happened kind of in the middle of the night on that second night after the investigation, which I don't think we've ever figured out what exactly happened. Do you guys want to talk about that? Yeah, I'll I'll jump back in. Okay, so this was, you know, Carissa had just talked about Lacey being in a deep trance. So this was the next morning I woke up 
And she was, she sleeps in her crate at night uh, with, you know, the door closed. My door was locked and closed. Which was unusual in and of itself. Right. Because the night before I left it ajar because it was only Carissa and I in the bed Mm -hmm. and breakfast. So, but that night I went ahead and locked my door and her crate, you know, the door was closed. And periodically, because she's a terrier and she is older, um, periodically her tummy gets upset and she, you know, vomits up yellow bile during the night. I'm used to it. It happens a couple of times a week. And I had heard her do that during the night. So it was nothing when I woke up the next morning and I, I saw the yellow bile on her bedding. No big deal. It was the other stuff I saw on her bedding that freaked me out. And to this day, I still don't know where it came from, how it happened, what it was. There were six quite large fur balls, for lack of a like hairballs in her crate. Now, for those to have been in there from her, she would have been having to hack them up all night, at least six different times, because there were six different ones in six different, in close proximity, but different hairballs. She only threw up the one time. So I don't know what those were, where they came from, but it freaked me out. And I still am freaked out about it because I don't know what they are or where they came from. I was- this was the night after the tramp. And these were dark hairballs because you sent a picture to us. And I remember I got upset because I'm like, no, they can't be messing with Lacey now. But they were dark in color. As you said, there were quite a few of them. And I know that I think everybody reviewed their pictures to see if we could figure out where this came from. You guys were searching the bed and breakfast to see if you could find out where it came from. Um, And I don't think we ever found a real origin, did we? No, we did not. And like you said, they were dark in color. She's a white dog, so they weren't her hair. I have light brown, gray hair kind of mixed in, so it wasn't my hair. Now, Carissa does have dark hair, but Carissa and all of her belongings were upstairs where the dog never went because she's 12. She doesn't climb stairs. Couldn't have been anything from a hairbrush of Carissa's or anything of Carissa's. So we're baffled. And none of you guys have long, dark hair. So we're, we're baffled. And one of the, one of the hairballs was actually half underneath the like padding of the crate. So even that was weird too. Yeah. It it was below. Yeah. I had to lift up the corner of her bedding to, to get it. And I still remember, I mean, it really was very, very odd. I can't figure where she get it either. I mean, I think we even asked about hairbrushes being accessible or anything. And they were not there when you went to bed. I mean, how could she have done it? That's wild. Yeah, no, they they weren't there when I put her in her crate that night. So I'm completely baffled because my door was locked. So no one could have like slipped in. Her crate door was closed. So it's not like she was, you know, roaming around somewhere, you know, while I was sleeping. I I have no idea. And I would have felt if Lacey had eaten, chewed on my hair enough to throw up those six footballs. Yeah, it was a pretty substantial amount. I mean, that was just kind of, it's a first, honestly. And in paranormal terms, if you find something that was not there before, it's called an apportation. But how, I don't know how that would have been significant to the ghost. That's what's so odd. There's supposed to be a ghost of a little girl. There's supposed to be a dog ghost. And of course, we were getting some responses from a male ghost. We thought maybe Roland himself was there. But we don't have any stories about hair showing up or being part of the haunting. So ultimately, I'm not quite sure you know, how that tied in. It was just really an odd thing. Except that we don't know anything about the ghost dog. We don't know what cult you know, what color hair it had or what it looked like or how big or small it was. That is true. 
Now, in the front room where the guest book is, where you sign in, there is a picture there of a decent-sized dog that looked like it had two cups, like, that was, like, white but had patches of darker colored. Right. We asked on that, though, and it was something that the new owner bought for the house. It wasn't part of the history, but, yeah, there was absolutely... I mean, it was a cool image. It was kind of like a colorized black and white photo. Yeah. Well, there's nothing saying that the pets can't travel with their with belongings to ghosts do it all the time. Yeah, and there was and there was also in the kitchen those plates that had I don't know what kind of dog it was, Chris. Was it like a cocker spaniel or something that had like the long brown hair pictures? Brushes the floor as you walk along. Everybody knows the dog, but I have no clue what the breed is. <laughs> Sure. Uh, I take a regular spirit box, which is a like a little transistor radio where it sweeps through the radio stations really fast. It's been like modified, but I hook it up to uh, a little mini guitar amplifier. And then I've got a couple of guitar pedals to control the distortion and give it some echo. So it kind of enhances a little bit and gets rid of some of the white noise static. And I don't know which ones you have queued up, but remember, we did ask Roland, do you own a dog? And the answer was yes. And then we asked, is the dog still here? And very clear, it said, he said, it is not. It was an interesting case. And in between those two nights, JJ Viva and I arrived. And actually, this could always be a part two paranormal pet episode (laughs) as we go through it. But when we did the investigation, um, There were a couple of instances, like when we were upstairs in the new bedroom, there was a new bedroom that had been enclosed, but had furniture from the 1600s or something along those lines. And we kept getting this odd, it's called an SLS kinetic camera. And we kept getting this really odd image on one of the chairs. And um, this small creature was there. And at one point when we were upstairs, we were having some manifestations like the SLS camera would pick up a stick figure and it would be behind me and I would start feeling really, I don't know what has gotten into all of these pugs, but oh my God, I don't think it's a full moon. I'm about to have puggle stew now, knock it off. But anyway, Penelope, I think is jealous she didn't get to go. <laughs> so maybe that's her beef right now. But it was really a very interesting um, response that we were upstairs with this strange SLS stick figure on a chair. I think when we were doing our evidence review, we wondered if it might not be a dog or a cat or some sort of creature. And then we did have the manifestations in Carissa's bedroom of the SLS stick figure uh, showing up as well. Which is the bedroom that was supposedly a past previous guest had felt a dog jump on their bed and those were the two upstairs bedrooms the the one that was reported was the bedroom that carissa was in not the bedroom that you guys originally got that stick figure and then our my bedroom was like down below but you know the dog could have traveled all throughout the house i guess it really could have we might just play uh one or two little sounds just to give some ideas and uh hopefully i can these guys to be quiet enough that we can do this but and then maybe as we we're still in the middle of our evidence review so we might try maybe once we get through it all uh, we can always try another one actually playing the evidence but this is the we use something called a spirit portal just so folks can kind of hear how it was uh, the one that i loved was the one where we asked whose story the ghosts like better because i guess carissa and marina were telling ghost stories the night before And I swear, I hear it say Marina, 
But let's see what others hear. So let me see if I can get this to queue up and play. So I don't know if you guys could hear that. I hope you can. If not, I can always send the clip in. To me, when you ask whose stories did you like better, I really hear it say Marina. So I don't know what <laughs> stories you were telling Marina, but let me see if I can find the one with the dog. While you look for the clip, there was another little bit of oh, evidence that we kind that I have anyway. While Marina was cleaning up the hairballs from the from the crate, Lacey was standing by the crate, and I swear mm-hmm. I felt something land behind me like a dog jumping over the pad or jumping off the bed because i felt it land behind behind me of course there's only us three in the whole house so who maybe the dog is big who knows what it was but it was interesting and that reminds me you and i carissa were sitting in that room just adjacent to the bedroom at the the living room at the bottom of the stairs after that talking talking about everything and trying to figure out what the hairballs were and Lacey was kind of laying between us and remember I told you I said I felt like Lacey had just put her head on my foot but she was laying a little further away so I felt like a dog's chin or head like on my foot and because you had said well you know how when dogs don't feel well they want to be near someone and they will do that so that was odd too they want a pug podcast it was it was a really interesting investigation and what we, I think what we will do, because this has been, I don't know what 2021 is on about. I have said this in past episodes. It has still been like super weird, but between the pugs and the technology and everybody's uh, kind of crazy schedules, I think it might be nice for us to come back together. As I said, once we finish the evidence review and maybe kind of pull some of those clips and let people hear them and, and hear how we, how we discuss them. So we might just save those for another episode when we have a little bit more time and a little bit more quiet. <laughs> I'm so sorry about the pugs. I tell you, I'm, I'm pretty sure they're just here to embarrass me some days. And that's the puggle, let me tell you. But I do want to thank you guys for coming on and being willing to talk about it. So like I said, this could be a nice little two-part episode. You kind of have the subjective experiences and we'll try to get up that, uh, that more technological captures that we've gotten. So I think what we'll do for right now is we'll just kind of wrap up. If you happen to be in the St. Pete area, I am actually putting together a pug-themed art show at Overflow Brewery. And the money is going to go, essentially artists are going to donate part of their sales to either Florida Pug Rescue, also known as Proof, so it's actually Pug Rescue of Florida, or Compassionate Pug Rescue, which is the the, uh, Pug Rescue down south. So feel free to come out. It will be up August 29th at a place called Overflow Brewing Company, which is right next to the Morian Arts Center. So until then, I'm going to wish everybody a very happy haunting. I hope the gremlins shake themselves out for us and for you. And we will try this again next episode. Sound good, ladies? Yes, that sounds great. All right. Well, thank you again and have a great night. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. 
Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand only on PetLifeRadio.com.